Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thanks for tuning in. Today's guest is an actor, singer, and dancer, a total triple threat who's currently on the national tour of Cats as the Rum Tum Tugger, Mr. Zach Bravo. Zach, welcome to Actors with Issues. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to get started with our very first segment. It's a game called Getting to Know You, and we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and see how many of these rapid fire questions you can get through. Uh, And we're going to start with an easy one. Coffee or tea? Tea. Film or TV? Uh, uh, Film. Film. Drama or comedy? Comedy. Hero or villain? Villain. Stage acting or screen acting? Stage acting. Uh, who is your dream co-star? Oh my God, uh, uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> and who is your dream director? Dream director? Ooh, uh, either. Ooh, Quentin Tarantino or. Let's just go with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> uh, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Never fails to make me laugh. Um, oh, didn't I just watch this? Oh, the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. There we go. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, yeah. And the movie that never fails to make you cry. Oh, um, the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. The wedding scene really gets me. <laughs> I, I, I swear. <laughs> that was time. So our last question, uh, describe your worst audition in three words. And then no further explanation is needed. So just three words. Okay. Tiresome, exhilarating, and learning. I feel like the best auditions, the the big the biggest learning experiences are often that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, like you especially when when you're trying to I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know, you you wanna put yourself out there, but like, you know sometimes you just you just like don't want to be you know yeah because you just have those days yeah i get it uh, so zach as someone who was born and raised in new york um mm-hmm. were you always involved in the arts growing up like by proximity or did that passion come later in life for you that honestly came later in my life um i well yes and no because i didn't necessarily grow up grow up with musical theater i just grew up watching a lot of tv um, and, uh, I used to, I grew up with my cousin, Amanda, and she would always go to dance classes growing up. Um, and you know, when, when I was growing up, uh, I would, I was always put into like sports, like little leagues or, or mm-hmm. karate. And I never liked any of it. Uh, I, I guess I just didn't like the competitive aspect of it of like, oh, you have to win. Um, and then there was one day where my, my, my aunt or my titi for all my Puerto Ricans out there um, that she actually invited me. uh, She brought me along with my cousin, Amanda to dance class. And uh, I went over there, just watched. And eventually I, I started becoming a part of the class. And then I started to grow a, a huge love for that. And I was like begging my mom to put me in dance classes. So I started off doing dance first and uh, later on in my life uh thought i was going to um do concert dance um as a as a career and then it wasn't until like my junior year of high school um where where i was a dance major at laguardia high school for performing for performing arts and music and art fame school yeah the fame (laughs) school the fame school 
Um, I, I went there for dance and then later in my junior year, um, I was in the school musical and that's where I caught the bug. I was like, yeah, no, I want to do musical theater for, for a living. And then transitioned, uh, that into college over at, uh, Pace University. And what was your experience like at Pace? It was really great. It was very nerve wracking too, uh, because I, I legit went in there as a dancer wanting to learn the other two aspects, which was acting and singing. Now I knew like, I knew how to like, you know, connect with someone in the scene or, or, and all that stuff. But singing was like the, the struggle of uh, the, the biggest struggle for me, because I was just like, you know, I, there was like so many like dancer, so many techniques to learn how to, you know, get your leg up at 90 degrees or even 180 degrees, which I can't do. Um, but, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of techniques to learn in order to project and to hit a note a certain way and, and the, the style styles and all that stuff. So that was a, that was a big challenge. And also music theory. Um, fun fact, I failed my first, my first time doing music theory in my freshman year. I felt so bad that I actually had to take it again my sophomore year. After that, I, I got the gist of it. I was like, okay, great. I can read music. I know how to, you know, um, uh, sight read and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, it takes a couple, takes a, takes a minute for, for someone that doesn't, that doesn't do that in a, a day-to-day basis. Like back at LaGuardia, if like you're a, a, a vocal major, you, you learn music theory every day. I didn't know that. I just knew how to count five, six, seven, eight, that's right. it, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so that was, that was definitely a challenge, uh, like trying to find my voice. And I feel like uh, I'm still trying to find my voice vocal, uh, vocal wise, you know, as a musical theater, I mean, mind you, I like feel like a fraud sometimes saying like, oh, as a musical theater person, cause it's like, I haven't done it in so long. And I went to yeah. a drama program. I didn't do like musical theater. I grew up doing it and all of that, but yeah, I, you know, I don't have like my BFA or anything like that in, in mm-hmm. musical theater. Um, but similarly, I feel like from role to role and just like song to song, sometimes like you never sound the same from no. one song to another. Cause you just learn to adapt. Yeah. What's the period? What's the character? You know, exactly. I've grown, I've grown to really find, I feel like I, I know where my voice is at a golden age aspect. Um, I had, I had the most wonderful voice teacher, um, Marushka Wierzbicki, um, and, and, you know, she, I believe that she started out as a dancer and then turned to opera and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she was such an inspiration because like, she was like, well, if she can do it, then I can. And, and, uh, for three years of my college career, um, she, she got me to find my voice in, in that, in that world. And then later, uh, later in my going into my senior year, um, I switched over to, um, Leslie Giamanco. Leslie Giamanco, and uh, she taught me how to um, find more style with pop noises, not pop noises, but like a pop pop style, um, because mm-hmm. I wanted to like, you know, it, that seemed to be the route for for broad. That seems to be the route for Broadway nowadays with a lot of with a lot of its uh, commercial shows. Yeah. Um, so so I've been wanting to you know learn that and also like try to find my rock voice, um, and. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's gotten me, it's gotten me to some pretty good gigs. Thanks to them. I, I will say. Mm. So you mentioned some of your, some of your teachers over the years, um, sort of having that influence over you. Um, unfortunately that's not an experience that everyone has, even if yeah. you do go to like four year program, just cause some teachers can be a little jaded. I feel like 
and yeah that experience sort of comes through but um have there been anyone else that's been like particularly influential in your career so far oh gosh um like in my college career or my like just my overall college overall oh wow um yes yes i i would say um my my mentor ben hartley now he has been a part of the he he's he's retired now and he's uh, been doing a lot of like directing himself um oh i should i should have answered that like if i wanted to like have a director film film me it would be ben hartley mm. um well he well he was a part of like the broadway industry for for a good while um he was uh he was in little mermaid Shitty Shitty bang bang he was also a part of cats so like it was kind of full circle for the both of us um, you know, he, the way that we first met, um, was, was back at LaGuardia. He was the choreographer for Greece, um, for which I played mm-hmm. Kinnicky and I was super excited because I was going to play Kinnicky and the, the number that Ben choreographed for Greece lightning was just so exhilarating, so much fun that it was just hard to not smile every day in rehearsal and during mm-hmm. a show, honestly. Um, and, and he built that along with, uh, our amazing director, Lee Lobenhofer, um, who I also think did cats. I think I, I feel like everyone I know has done cats in <laughs> in a past time. Um, but Ben Ben has been so special to me, especially in throughout my career, because like he was the one who helped me through my transition of like you know being a dancer to a triple threat. Um, he had this amazing program back in the city called the Broadway Experience. Um, I, I'm not too sure if he if he does it anymore. Um, but like um, when he, when, when he did live in the city, um, uh, he, that, that was, that was his thing that where he would cheat, teach, it was a summer, it was a two week summer intensive where he would teach, um, young students, um, what this industry is like and how, you know, how real it is and how brutal it can be. Now I'm not saying like he went out of, out of his way and said like, you know, you're going to be like, not good for this or anything like that. He showed us a very healthy way of showing that this industry is tough and it does ask a lot of you. So you have to really want this to do it. Um, and, and, you know, we had plenty of conversations about like, you know, like wanting it and also being in the room and, and paying attention to detail. There's one thing I remember him telling me um, it's, it's pay attention to every single detail in the dance room you you got everything on the upper body level pay attention to the feet look at what the feet are doing um i'll never forget that and he has been a big influence uh in my life honestly um and um yeah no and <laughs> i have a funny i have a funny story there was one time cuz i i looked up to him as 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 inspiration but like you know of course like age dynamic was so it was like it was there like you know i was very much the the student and he was the teacher and i remember there was one time he was teaching a, a class over at broadway dance center and we met afterwards i took his class um and i was like is there and i'm like a freshman in college i'm thinking i can take over the world i'm like is there any <laughs> way that like we can be friends and <laughs> and ben was like zach I believe I'm old enough to be your father. <laughs> you want to be my friend. And I was like, well, yeah, like you mean so much to me. And he was like, he was like, all right, get a little older and then we'll grab a drink. All right. And I was like, okay, great. Perfect. And, uh, and long story short, we've, we've become really great friends and huh. um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's become a really big part of my life. And uh, he's he, like, truly, if he ever hears this, like, 
he's truly impacted um, my view of like the musical theater world and, and this business, honestly. Like, yes, it can be really tough, but like you can find, you can find light in it, you know? Mm. I feel like it's so important for actors of all ages to have a mentor and to eventually like pass on the torch and become a mentor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just being able to have someone to confide in who can give you that sort of insight and just reassurance, but like while being realistic too, because mentors are not going to just like, you know, fluff you up and, and, and tell you no. everything's going to be all right. They're going to be like, Hey, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, this took shit, me- it is real. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, I just feel like that's really important to have someone to to uh, to educate and and guide and you know just sort of be a positive influence over because you know there can be so much negativity and yeah unfortunate toxicity in this industry as much as we try to avoid it. At your career so far, is there anything that you know now that you wish you'd learned earlier on? Growing up, I always thought like you'd always have to be on it and and like just push through and luckily we live in a time where like we can take our mental health into accountability and Mm. and just check in with ourselves and see if we are actually okay to do a show um you know it's because it's tough um i i'm i'm realizing that now and i wish i wish someone had uh told me that you know, I mean, like, I mean, everyone says like, oh, tour life is tough. Broadway life is tough. But like, no, seriously, it is tough because you are constantly out there. You're putting yourself out there um, for thousands of people every night to entertain them. And that can be like very scary. You know, um, I I had a I had a conversation. I've had plenty of conversations with friends um, where I tell them like, especially with cats, like uh, as the rum tum tugger, like normally, like, you know, as I'm doing the show, like I'm great, but like beforehand, I'm like maybe 75% mentally prepared, you know, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not usually there. And then when, when it's time to be there, it like, I, I feel like I have no time. Um, so it's always, um, it's always good to breathe, um, before, before a show. Um, but I, yeah, I wish someone had told me, um, back then, like, you know, your your brain is going to go through a lot of emotions mm. um whether you're on stage backstage or n- not even near the set you know um living this life um and and uh i i you know like because we're not we're not superhuman you know we're we're legit humans and and you know and while yes like we have like uh, uh, a lot of us have amazing raw talent and we put it out there on the stage every night for eight shows a week. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And sometimes we need to take a step back and just be like, listen, I, <laughs> I can't right now. Um, and, and I've had, and I've had plenty of moments where I'm like, I, I need to take a minute. It's nothing against you or anything like that. It's just, I need a minute. You talked about a bit before um, regarding tour life. So you're now on tour uh, with cats. Yeah. What's that whole bit experience been like? And What's it been like navigating tour life for the first time? My goodness. Yeah. So, so, um, as, as we had spoken before, um, it, this is my first tour and, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's exhilarating. It's fun. And, and it's also scary and, and nerve wracking. Um, like I, like as soon as we get to the theater and we're doing shows, I'm like, yes, I'm in my element. I'm doing great, but traveling is hard. 
um, especially when um, most most of our days off are travel days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we you never really feel like you get an actual break. Um, but you know, it's, it's an opportunity to not talk all day and (laughs) kind of preserve your energy before, before doing it again. Um, but you know, so far, I mean, we're about, uh, we're about to enter the month of December. So like, we're almost like, uh, three months out on this tour and, uh, I'm still loving it. Um, I, I'm having a really great time. I mean, like it's, I feel like with a show like cats, it's really hard to not have fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's just, it, it's it's definitely a lot of things. Um, but but as I'm as I'm going through this whole process of tour life, uh, I can definitely see how it can be um, just very difficult um, because especially with like trying to find you know food and trying to you know just like just like the essentials yeah. like trying to survive. You know. Yeah. Um, you know there there. Are, some days where like um you know there's there's a great little town uh, right next to our hotel where we can like all the food we have food emporium for us and like we can have whatever we want and then there are some times where we have to door dash um and then that's another thing to think about like money managing and mm-hmm. saving up and all that stuff it's 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 complicated because i I am not really good with money. Like, I, like if I see something really cool, I'll definitely buy it. Like, you know me with Star Wars. <laughs> like, it, like, uh, like last weekend was my birthday, uh-huh. and uh, and I just like I heard about this Star Wars store um, out in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas, and is and I just bought this like really awesome like Darth Maul figurine because he's my favorite character. I was like, it's my birthday. I'm getting it. $45 later, I'm like, okay, well, that could have been dinner, you know, <laughs> that could have been lunch and dinner. Um, but, but, you know, sometimes you make sacrifices for, for things that you love, um, yeah. whether, whether you got to give up food or not, I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but, but yes, like I would say like money managing is, is a, is a challenge, uh, mm-hmm. for, for, uh, a, as a big part of this tour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying today's episode so far, please do us a big favor and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you're listening and leave us a rating and review. You can also head over to Instagram and give us a follow at Actors With Issues. Believe me, reviews, ratings, and follows really help us out and get our show out there to help more people, actors and artists who are looking for advice from professional working actors. Be sure to also share the podcast with any of your friends and family that you think would enjoy the show. As always, thank you for all of your support. Now, let's get back to the show. So something you had shared um, previously that you had struggled with is um, is body dysmorphia. And I know so many people yeah. who also struggle with it. I struggle with it a bit myself. Um, mm-hmm. What can you share about that experience and how you have coped and, and been able to deal with it? Well, it's still here. <laughs> it's still, it still exists, um, you mm-hmm. know, no matter 
no matter what like success that you have or, or whatever you do with your life, like, uh, or even say like, if, if you're jacked or not jacked, like body dysmorphia is very much a real thing. And I didn't, I didn't really come to terms with that until, uh, maybe, maybe a year and a half or two years ago. Um, and, and that was a lot to unpack because like, you know, again, I start, I started off as a dancer and in that realm, like you have to, you have to look a certain way. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you have to look a certain way. It's the world saying like, as a dancer in the dance world, in the concert dance world, you have to look a certain way, which is very, which is a, which is a very unfortunate thing, uh, that, uh, dancers have to go through, um, or a process really, um, because then it just messes up your mind and all that stuff. And, and it's, it's just not, it's just not good. Um, so it took me a while to like, really let myself go of that mindset um, and, and again, I still struggle with it, but the, the, the way that I sort of, um, I kind of cope with it is, um, you know, I just, I just forget that I even have a body. I just try to imagine that like, I'm, I'm more of like this, like, uh, I don't know, like I'm moving my hands a lot, but like, you know, like, like this intergalactic being, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I, and you know, the universe doesn't care what it looks like. It is what it is. So, and it's beautiful, you know? Um, so, so I try to think of myself like that. Um, and, and, you know, I try to own that. Uh, and I'll listen to any type of music that makes me feel good. Um, dare I say sexy, you know? Um, so, you know, so I try to, so I try to like keep myself in that optimistic realm, but I also um, take accountability with, uh, with the, like the, bad juju like you know like where, where it's like i don't feel so great and with that i try i still try to do the same thing um um but more so like i'll just distract myself with either like funny tiktok videos or i'll talk to some friends or i'll just like um i have plenty of lightsabers so i'll just like you know just like pretend i'm slicing away the negativity you know with the force uh-huh. but you know um that again uh in all seriousness it it, it is uh, a struggle because there there's so many ways that you can not navigate it and that's what's hard um because there are just so many there's just so many ways for you to like you know get away from it there's i believe there's medication for it there's there's ways there's ways but like you know um which i'm not saying like get medication for your body dysmorphia like whatever you whatever you feel is best for you mm-hmm. like do that um, I'm like, for me, like, I just try to take it day to day, talk to friends, um, who also struggle with body dysmorphia and, um, you know, network and, and yeah. like take notes and see like whatever stuff they do to help themselves can help you. Um, you know, um, and even, and even on days when, when I'm like in, <laughs> when I'm in full cat, you know, um, in the show, uh, it's that's hard, you know, because it's like, you know, that's also another expectancy of the audience is like, oh, you have to look like this, you know, you yeah. have to look like that. Um, and there, I, I promise, like, there are days where I'm like, well, I don't want to be a, a, a cat, you know, like, <laughs> why do I have to be like, like, why do I have to be sexy? <laughs> and it affects you, uh, uh truly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, um, you know, just keep drinking water because water is so good for you. And, you know, don't 
don't beat yourself up on what you want to eat. Whatever you want to eat, you can have, you know, Hmm. it's, it's a treat. You have to, it's not even a treat. You have to survive. Hmm. You need food, you know, and that's, and that's, uh, I feel like the circles back to like, you know, how, uh, finding food on tour life is hard, you know, and that can trigger body dysmorphia. It's like, oh, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't eat because like, you know, I, I just got out from a show and like, you know, I don't want to upset my stomach or also I'll feel like whatever. I feel like body dysmorphia is the exact same way of how I am right now is, is just like constant, just constant rambling and just never knowing where to go, honestly. <laughs> yeah, It's such a, it's like this never ending vicious cycle it's it's yeah like you said you have your good days you have your bad days and and some days it's easy to cope with if it comes along other days you feel like you have to just submit to it and do what you have to do to just get through the day and Mm -hmm. sadly never gets easier but you just like learn to check in with yourself and see why you're feeling how you're feeling and just Mm -hmm. deal with it like that because it's yeah there's no right answer unfortunately there's i'm just like here's the cure for body dysmorphia just take these yeah no like i I wish i knew the cure for it but like as you know you and i and a lot of other people who who struggle with it are still figuring it out and i think that's 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 sort of the thing like it's a day-to-day thing um you know it's not just like there's, it's not textbook, you know? Um, I will also say like, you know, never sit in silence because like, that is the worst thing to do to yourself. Always, always like find, find your people and talk to them. Hmm. Um, and never feel like you're, you are of annoyance or a, a nuisance to anybody because this is real, you know, always reach out to, to someone, um, whether you're feeling, whether, whether it's body dysmorphia or any other, um, or anything that has to deal with mental health, um, you know, you can talk to someone. Yeah. That's always my biggest piece of advice to, to young actors, like wherever you move to or go, just like find your little village of support and Mm -hmm. there'll be your support group. They'll be there for you for the wins and the losses. And absolutely. Hopefully empathize with you with whatever struggles it is that you're going through Mm because it can be such a lonely industry because just yes. the, the facade and it really is a facade of like cutthroatness it is competitive yeah. we all acknowledge that and know that's the case but yeah when people treat it like it's this like all or nothing cutthroat type of business is when like people get so demotivated and just end up leaving very talented people end up leaving yeah. the industry altogether because things didn't work out how as quickly as they wanted to, even though yeah, we all know this is a marathon, not a race. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that, that's, that is a very unfortunate thing truly, because it's like, you know, you, you, you have all this motivation and then you're, you're constantly getting no's, no's, all these different Mm -hmm. things being told to you. And then it, it, it damages you. And, you know, like like we're, we're like, and, and that's another thing that we're told too, is like, you have to, like, you have to have like tough skin to be in the room, which you do because like, you know, again, this industry is not easy, but like, you don't have to at the same time, you know? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, you know, be in the room and like, if they say no to you, like just go right in front of them and start bawling to them be like, why? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think that will like serve, serve any purpose towards any parties. Um, but you know it's okay to like be upset that you didn't get 
what you were looking forward to getting a job. Um, that, and that's like, it's, it's crappy to say, um, it is what it is, but like, it, it truly is what it is. Um, I feel like you can't really say that to a lot of situations, but in this case, like where you're constantly trying to look for a job, that's just, that's just what it is. Um, and, and I do apologize for anyone that's listening. If that does sound insensitive, um, I'm not trying to be, um, it, it truly is just the nature of the beast. Before we wrap up, there's something I wanted to, to chat with sure. you about just because it's something that I also sort of, uh, go through that you'd mentioned was, um, imposter syndrome in terms of like your Latinidad and being Hispanic. Oh yeah. I feel like it's open a can of worms, but it's fine. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. That's <laughs> And it's just, no, it's I good. hate the term white passing because it's so subjective and I yeah. don't like when like non, when people not involved in that struggle use it because it's like, I just, it's like, where did this phrase come from? It's, it's only been around for like a couple of years. And oh yeah, like when you pass for, it's same as like straight passing. I've been accused of being straight passing. I'm oh, like, true. Yeah. I'm not like a queen, but like, what do you, you know, and there's something <laughs> wrong with them or me for acting a certain way, right. just who I am. You're going to deny right. my actual identity because I don't fit into your narrow box full of stereotypes and cliches. Like it's so frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, what, what can you share about that? Because it's, I'm sure, you know, everyone has a completely different experience. Yeah. Um, well, for, for those who, who don't know me, uh, I am, uh, I am Puerto Rican. I'm half Puerto Rican and, and half white. Um, but I, I truly grew up with, with being like with the, with the culture and the heritage of being a, a proud Puerto Rican person. Um, my entire, my, my Bravo and Rentas side of the family is from Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, I've just, I just lived that. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it like any other way. Like that's just how I grew up. Um, and you know, my grandmother to this day still speaks Spanish to me and I will, I'll, I, I can't, unfortunately can't speak a whole sense of Spanish or carry a conversation in Spanish, but I understand it and I can respond to you. Um, uh, in English, but like, you know, like I understand you, I hear you. Um, and, uh, it, it really ties into like the imposter syndrome and like trying to protect myself as, as, as who I am, but it's just so hard. And that's another thing uh, that's so tied in with this industry is, um, racism. Um, and I'm not saying I've ever experienced any sort of racist act towards me. Um, but you know, there, there are some aspects of, of it, um, that like, uh, are not, again, not, not as harmful to me, but like, uh, I, I believe you understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, uh, but like when you look at me, like, you know, I, I have, uh, light skin, I have blue eyes, my hair is, uh, light, light brown or dirty blonde. Uh, and you, and you would think like in, in the room, like, oh, like he could play, um, any, white character in the show mm-hmm. um and and you know i and that's just another unfortunate thing too is that there are not a lot of um hispanic stories out there there are but they're not they're not on our broadway stage they're not being produced right. on tv you know like i remember uh seeing uh it was it was a thing produced by playbill i believe on youtube um where we were celebrating hispanic heritage month um, and there was like a whole, I think it was like, a, it was, it was an entire special where, um, hi, uh, Hispanic Broadway people were coming together singing songs from shows. And then like, 
um, upcoming like shows that were being produced somewhere else. Like John Leguizamo wrote a musical called Kiss My Aztec. And when I saw that, <laughs> it's called Kiss My Aztec. And I saw like a little bit of a, like a snippet of a song that they have in that show. And I just saw like th- this beautiful palette of, of people that were that looked just like me. And, and, and I was like, why the fuck am I not in this? You know, like, I was like, where, like, where is it? Where is it? Um, and, and it was, it was so beautiful, but like, I kept questioning myself, like, where is that? Like, where can I find my people? The only time that I ever really felt like I was a part of something, um, was when I actually did a Vita, um, in, uh, at the Fulton theater at, uh, out in, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, it, uh, directed uh, directed and choreographed by Mark Robin, but um, our most of our cast were all Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Now I know that in uh, originally in Avida, uh, the story it does take place in Argentina. Um, I believe none of us were uh, none of, none none of the people in our cast were Argentinian, but a lot of us were like from Puerto Rico, from the right. from the Caribbean, Still Hispanic or Latin. Like, yeah, yeah, all like yeah, again and. And we had those conversations where it's like, how does it like, how does it feel to like, you know, mm-hmm. do a show like this, but also like be different, be a different uh, part of like, you know, in the Latina community, you know? Um, so, so that was like the only time I ever felt seen, which was like maybe like two, three years ago. Um, but, but in the now, in the now, uh, it definitely affects my imposter syndrome because like um, there is, there at this point, especially at my age, um, I sort of just kind of pick and choose my battles. If if no one wants to like really see me as who I am, then that's their problem. It's not mine. Um, right. It's one of those things you just kind of like have to let go, um, right. and and really pay attention to like what the what the bigger picture is. Is just like who you represent yourself as. And I know who I am. Um, I don't need everyone to. I don't need to prove to anyone because I had, because I felt like I had to do that all my life, uh, prove to prove people who I am. And I don't need to do that anymore. Um, but, but again, imposter syndrome is definitely a real thing um, where like, not, e- not even just like, you know, with me trying to protect myself as a Puerto Rican person, just like, you know, do I even deserve to be here? You know mm-hmm. um, uh, that like that really started to cave in when I first got offered um, Rum Tum Tugger for the tour. Cause I was like, this is a big ass role. Like everyone knows Rum Tum Tugger. Mm-hmm. Like how the hell, like it, it was one of those moments, like how the hell did I get here? Um, but, but like, it was, of course it was exciting because I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm going to play this iconic role that has been like a well-known role for 40 years. Like we are, we are now on this 40 year uh, cusp, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's amazing. So like, you know, as, as I do have my days where I struggle with like, you know, I feel like I do not deserve to be here. I also relish in the times where like, yes, I do deserve to be here because that the audience that I see every day gets to see me. And when they really want to get to know me, they'll know exactly who I am because where, what, what do I put out on my social media? My Puerto Rican flag. That's it. Caso cerrado, if you know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so we're going to wrap up with our final game. Uh, some open-ended question, untimed, so no worry about rapid fire. Perfect. First, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? A personal trainer. <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> that is how we met. I, I, I failed that test. <laughs> uh, what is something that you wish you had more time to do? Be with my loved ones. Yeah. Uh, what is the best advice you ever got? I don't know if this is advice, but like, this is, this is definitely something that my mom told me when, when I was um, struggling with like, you know, trying to um, project myself as who I am. Mm -hmm. um, my mom would tell me um, when, when my, my great grandmother was alive, God rest her soul. Um, my mom would tell me um, who, like, who do you have to prove? Look at little mama. This is what we called her. Look at little mama. She's, very fair skin and has green eyes straight from the Caribbean. Don't you ever forget that. Boom. Right. You just described my grandmother who's straight from El Salvador. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Tiny, God rest her soul, but you know, mm -hmm. tiny, fair skin woman, green eyes. My dad is pale with green eyes. My yeah. mom is darker than me, jet black eyes and hair, just like me. Yeah, yeah. They're both from the same country. So it's just like, right. we have the biggest identity crises for even though that's the case all the time yes like we see that palette yes you know, we look like one person we're like but am i like latino am i still you know it's right like, right god poor hispanics we have such identity crisis i know day in and day we out. really do oh boy. and then we go against uh, each other you know that's another right. thing too oh yeah so hard so difficult um but yes uh i don't know like would that would that be advice yeah of course it is okay yeah, yeah. i'll count i'll count that yeah definitely <laughs> And what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? The worst advice? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you will never book. You will never book with those red socks. There was a pair of red socks that I love to wear. And I would mm -hmm. always wear it either. They, they, I guess they were like my good luck charm. But either, but I just liked wearing them. Um, yes. Yes, I would wear it. I would wear it all the time. Um, and they told me, uh, this person told me that I would never book with those red socks. And here I am. Was that like a <laughs> casting person that said that? Like an actual like professional human being said that? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Where do they get off? Ugh. I really, I don't Ugh. understand. I don't, I don't yes. understand. You're on a desert island. Somehow okay. <laughs> there's a working TV and DVD player. What three movies are the ones that you would be able to watch forever. Oh, I got, I, I have two. I have definitely have two. I got Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> Batman Forever, and, oof, when it, it's just those three, right? Mm. Circling back, Flintstones, Viva Rock, Vegas, baby. <laughs> Let's go. It's a good movie. <laughs> Uh, who would you trade places with for one day? Um, I would trade places. Ooh, I would trade places with Patrick Page. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I would, I would, I love, I love Patrick Page so much. Um, he was, he was actually a, a, a big influence in my life as well. Um, I, I went to go see him when, when the Grinch was on Broadway, he mm -hmm. played the Grinch. I was a baby. Uh, I went to go see him after the show at stage door. He took my playbill, he signed it, and then he gave it back to me. And he says, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. 
That's so sweet. I hope you meet him one day and tell him that. (laughs) I did. I did tell him that. And I did. Uh Yeah. And uh, he was doing, he was doing like a, like a, like a fun little mini concert um, in the city. Um, And I got, and I got to see him and and tell him that. And uh, it was a very sweet moment. He was very, very kind. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. Um, And there's no way that he, that would have been really weird if you said like, oh yes, I remember you. I was like, how are you going to remember me when I was like five? Like that was years ago, (laughs) but we did have a a very nice exchange. He's a very nice person. And uh, last question in, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? You have time. It's definitely 10. That's definitely less than 10. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Seven, seven more words. Everyone just fill it in with whatever, (laughs) whatever else you've got. (laughs) Yes. But definitely you have time. You certainly have time. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for being here on Issues. Uh, Where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Yeah, sure. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at the underscore Zach Bravo, C-A-C-Z-A-C-H-B-R-A-V-O. And if you are inclined to watch um, any funny videos that I create on my TikTok, you can follow me on my TikTok. It's just Zach Bravo. And you all can follow us on Instagram, Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Monday. I'm Juaniala. That's Zach Bravo. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.